Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, Eastern Washington's uh, 12 o'clock kickoff Saturday morning. Expected to be, the weather's actually changed a little bit, the forecast. We may see a little bit of rain in the morning, but temperatures still expected to be in the high 70s. Will be a nice day up at Husky Stadium. Lots to look forward to. Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, uh, just had a chance over the last couple of days to take a look at some of the Pac-12 games. A few surprises out there. UCLA crapped the bed. Utah looked pretty good in Arizona State. I don't think any surprise there, but anything jump out at you in that UCLA game, Chris? Uh, yeah, the, not really a lot of improvement from Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Um, defense still looked pretty shaky, just like it was last year. Um, yeah, I, I kind of took a, a quick gander over on Bruin Report Online, and uh, yeah, pretty much in meltdown, as you would expect. And uh, it fully, fully deserved, too, to be honest. I mean, that Chip Kelly's done nothing for that program since he's got it. Looks like he, doesn't, he looks like he doesn't care. Well, he's completely revamped the recruiting. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really know. It, it, I guess there's kind of a plan in place on there, but it feels like he's really, you know, he knows UCLA won't fire him. So it just feels like he's kind of going, okay, we're, we're going to really revamp this thing, but it could take years. And, and <laughs> Bruin fans aren't going to wait years for that thing to turn around. I don't see fire in the belly mentality, uh, you know, with that team at all, at all. So um, Utah, impressive against BYU, Washington with both of them on the schedule coming up. But uh, Utah, impressive, not so much on offense, but uh, defense, they sure showed that uh, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, and I'm not saying that uh, BYU is not is going to be terrible offensively, but that offense did not look very good at all. And part of that could have been the U- Utah defense doing that, but they just they look like they couldn't execute anything. Uh, <clears throat> la- la- uh, you know, Thursday night, and I, I, I guess uh, the thing just I want to talk about real quick uh, the UCLA game. They were missing seven starters <clears throat> that were expected to be starters. Darnay Scott wasn't in there. Uh, Joshua Kelly, the the top running back, wasn't in there. So I think that definitely hurt them a little bit, too. But that being said, Utah, um, scary team. And as long as uh, Huntley stays healthy, I think they're going to be a contender to possibly be a playoff team this year. And a real quick note on the, on the UCLA-Cincinnati game, the offensive coordinator for Cincinnati, our old friend Mike Denbrock, the former offensive line coach for University of Washington. We hate to bring up Tyrone's name, but... I'm telling you, he had some good coaches on his staff. The head guy wasn't so much of a coach, but, you know, Ed Donatel, uh, Phil Snow, I believe, is still coaching. And uh, Mike Denbrock's doing a great job, but uh, a lot of good coaches on there. It was good to see Mike with some success at Cincinnati. Arizona State, I think we pretty much saw what we expected, to that we couldn't take much from. They took care yeah. of uh, Percy Allen's Kent State flashes. So that, uh, <laughs> that, that, that that's unfortunate for Percy. But uh, And going back to Utah real quick, um, you know, that, that scoreline kind of flatters Utah a little bit. Um, it's not like BYU was really, really moving the ball at all. I think Zach Wilson is certainly a, a quarterback that Washington's going to have to pay attention to down the road, obviously, because they play them down there. But uh, the two pick sixes, what I mean, what backbreakers. I mean, those are just, those are beyond sudden change plays. Those are, those are game changers, total game changers. And, um, you know, for them to to get those turnovers in the basically in in BYU's red zone back to back, I mean, it was the Cougars were never going to come back from that. 
Tomorrow's game, I mean Saturday's game. I am so lost on times this week. I think Thursday's Friday. I think Friday's Saturday. But uh, Saturday's game against Eastern Washington, I think what everybody's more excited about in the game is to see people that they haven't seen before. Offensive line, I think everybody there is familiar with all the names on there. But a lot of people excited to see the new guys on the offensive side of the ball. And it all starts right with the guy handling the ball, Jacob Eason. I think everybody's excited to see what kind of a talent Jacob Eason really is. Yeah, I was a little interested to see Chris Peterson's comments to the media on Thursday where he basically said he thought the expectations were all out of whack. I think that was a direct quote <laughs> in that yeah. uh, he, he, you know, and some people took away from it. And I, I would kind of agree that if Washington, if this guy isn't throwing for close to 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns this year, everybody's going to be a little disappointed with his performance. And honestly, I, I don't see him having that kind of a year. I, I think he's going to have a good season. I think Washington's going to rely very heavily on the run because their offensive line is so big and so physical. And I think that's something that is going to take away from some of his numbers. But if, if he goes out and he puts up double digit wins this year and, and has a good season overall and, and, uh, pushes himself to possibly a really, really good senior season at the University of Washington where they could be a playoff contender pretty easily. I um, I, I got to believe it's a success. I just hope people understand that this is still a work in progress and, and that they're going to give this kid and this offense some time to kind of figure out and I call him a kid I mean he's right. what 21 years old but I mean he's he's still a kid hey Chris I, I want you to tell people what to expect out of Jacob Eason because I think everybody's heard that he's this big strong arm kid and you know I think some have the misconception that he might be a little bit of a gunslinger you're not going to see 98 mile an hour 100 mile an hour fastballs from Jacob Eason the entire game well, not the entire game, but he has that in his in his repertoire. <laughs> and let's make no mistake about it. If he needs to fit a uh, ball in a window, he can do it. And uh, he can throw it through a phone book, as I've said many times in the past. One thing I will add, too, just I know that the, the 5,000 yards thing was kind of tongue-in-cheek. But to put it in context, the most passing yards ever in a single season by a Washington Huskies quarterback is Cody Pickett back in, I think, 2002. And that was... 40, not even 4,500 yards, and that was when he was at his gunslinging best, and he had Reggie Williams, and he had all these guys. So, yeah, I mean, Jake Browning was, you know, he was probably in the 32 to 3,500 at his best. Um, I think that's reasonable. I think that's certainly something you could expect. I don't think he's going to fit the numbers like the 43 touchdowns that, that Browning had in 2016 or whatever that number was. That was pretty right. outrageous. But I would say that, you know, Eason's got a lot going for him physically, no doubt about it. Um, those uh, quarterback sneaks with Browning last year, I think they're probably going to be even more effective with a six foot six guy, for instance. And I think the best thing about him is, is that he gets the ball off super quick. I mean, the ball is out of his hands in no time. So I think the short passing game to kind of get him into a rhythm and get him confidence early, I think that's going to be key. I think what what impresses me the most about Easton is how relaxed he seems to be in the pocket. He doesn't get flustered. He doesn't have those happy feet. He's not all elbows and knees flying all over the place. He's pretty calm and collected in the pocket. So a lot to be excited about with looking at Jacob Easton. But I think uh, another one of the guys that people are really looking forward to We've talked about him. The players have talked about him. We really haven't seen much of him, and we certainly certainly haven't seen him in contact, and that's running back Richard Newton. We'll see how many carries he gets, but I'm fully expecting him to get some carries, Chris. 
he should. I, I think all four of those guys should be getting carries. I, I don't know about Cameron Davis. I, I don't see a need for him unless uh, one of those guys gets hurt. But when you look at Savan Ahmed, you look at Sean McGrew, Kamari Pleasant, and Richard Newton, all four of those guys I think should get playing time. And depending on if things get out of hand a little bit uh, Saturday, you know that you could see all four for sure. But uh, Pleasant and Newton are kind of the big backs in that LeVon Coleman mode that they've really needed as good change-ups to guys like Ahmed, uh, Savon Ahmed and, and Sean McGrew, who are clearly more the speedsters, more the shake-and-bake type. Um, clearly guys like Newton and Kamari Pleasant are the one-cut-and-goes, although Pleasant has a little bit more of a juke to his style that kind of reminds me a little bit of Lewis Rankin. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Scott, over uh, at the wide receiver, uh, one of the guys that I thought had just an outstanding spring camp and as well as an outstanding fall camp, Austin Osborne, the big wide receiver. Yeah, uh, I thought he had a really good uh, spring, and I thought he kind of carried that over into the into the fall camp. Like you know, like we've said a number of times, we only got to see five or six practices this this uh, fall camp, so we're just going on what we saw and what we've heard from different people that that uh, were there and everything like that. And and you know, he's a he's a talented kid. Um, I think he just needed to feel a little more confident in the offense and knowing what he needed to do. I think he needed to be a better blocker. And I think those are some things he's worked on a lot. Um, and I'm really excited to see what he does, you know, but the fact is he wasn't even in the two deeps, I don't believe. So um, that doesn't mean that he's not going to play because they're going to rotate a lot of wide receivers through, but little surprise that he didn't, he nor Mar- Marky Spiker, although Marky Spiker has kind of had, we've documented some of his struggles in, in camp, but these guys need to be ready to go, and they're going to get passed by a guy by like like Puka Nakua if they aren't able to get out there and, and show what they can do. And with the new redshirt rule where you're able to play four games, I think Puka Nakua is going to play on Saturday uh, against Eastern, but he's a guy that I think is not going to redshirt. I think he'll see time in every game this year, Scott. Yeah, he might not see time in every game, but I think he's going to see enough uh, action this year to – to not redshirt and not be able to keep his redshirt on. And, and, you know, that's fine. If, if he's an outstanding player, then he needs to play. And, and this offense is going to need all the playmakers it can get with the amount of talent and, and experience it lost at quarterback at running back and, and all these different things. Um, you know, people just need to be prepared. This is not, going to be just a real easy transition it i think it will eventually turn out to be an even better transition and but right away it's it's tough and and i'm sorry the the eastern washington eagles are a really good team and washington better be ready to go chris i think if the game gets out of hand a little bit and especially at the fourth quarter if there's a comfortable lead we may see a glimpse of jacob sermon but there we're talking about a quarterback who really needs the reps in jacob eason I think that um, if Washington gets up comfortable, we might see Sermon get a couple of series, but that's about it. But I don't expect much, if any at all. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, it, clearly that's something that 
Chris Peterson and Bush Hamden are going to have to figure out. I mean, that's the, that's the kind of the fine line, right? I mean, how many reps do you want to give the guy? But uh, you want to pay respect to the opponent as well. So when things get blown out, does Eason really need to be in there to hand the ball off? You know, I, I, I can't answer that. But Jacob Sermon might be. I mean, he might need those reps. And bottom yeah. line is, he's one play away from playing the rest of the season. I mean, that's just the stark reality of the quarterback position. So again, it's a fine line, but I think you're right. I think at the very least, if things get out of hand, you could see Sermon in for at least a couple of series. Or on the, like we're staying on the offensive side of the ball. And I think the guys that we've mentioned, we fully expect to see have meaningful reps. I think you will probably see some guys towards the end of the game if the game gets out of control. But any other newcomers on the offensive side of the ball that will see meaningful uh, playing time, Chris or Scott? I, I think you could see Devin Culp get some reps as the third tight end. Yep. Um, he's not necessarily a newcomer, but he, I mean, he's a redshirt freshman, so he hasn't played yet. Um, I, I could see that definitely happening. Uh, although Jacob Kaiser, we've heard, um, I've heard some rumors that he was back, uh, uh, practicing. So who knows? Um, and then gosh, along the offensive line, I think we could see MJ Ale at times, uh, this, this week when, when they rotate in, I could see Henry Bainabalu who has played a little bit, but he, he's going to get a lot more reps. I think today I'm yeah, in the game and, um, yeah, I just, I, I think that those are probably the main guys that I could see getting some reps. Over on the defensive side of the ball, I think everybody's excited to see the safety when you have a freshman come in and he can overtake a guy who's been in the program a couple years and, you know, started the Rose Bowl. Cam Williams has taken over that starting spot over Brandon McKinney. Yeah, it, it is really interesting, but he is a guy that came right in with a lot of confidence, was kind of running into walls 100%, full speed. Everyone knew he was going to make mistakes, but um, what Chris Peterson mentioned was his attention to detail on special teams and how that was really the thing that kind of keyed him into the idea that, wow, okay, if he can if he can get it that quickly in a part of the game that you don't play a ton of or you don't really pay uh, a lot of uh, appreciation towards at the high school level, if he's getting it that quickly in college, he's got a chance to play he's got a chance to play defense right away. And that that thought's never really changed since he came in for spring. So uh, what was interesting is that obviously Brandon McKinney, who played in the Rose Bowl for Taylor Rapp, was expected to be the number one guy. But over time, Cameron Williams has shown that he's ready to go and he's actually surpassed McKinney on the depth chart. The other guy that everybody is interested in seeing and um, talked to Yogi Roth the other day about this kid. But Kyler Gordon starting at the other cornerback. I don't know if you heard Yogi or not, but he said he might be the most athletic kid he's seen on the football field in the past 10 years. Kyler Gordon's going to be special over there at that other corner spot. He's actually absolutely one of the most explosive athletes you're ever going to see play outside. 44, 43-inch vertical, whatever it is. He's fast. He's quick. He's got good size. Man, he's a special player, and Washingtonians really need, or Washington fans need to, really enjoy the couple years he's going to be here because if he's as if he's lives up to his billing there's no way he's going to be here much past his uh redshirt sophomore year it's going to be interesting to see him but the other guy who's going to play a lot you know we thought that they may start dominique hampton over at that spot but dominique's still going to see a lot of time even though he's not starting yeah i i fully expect to see him quite a bit uh 
you know, when they when they take the field against Eastern. And, and I think he is long and athletic, and he's going to be a great fill-in once Keith Taylor leaves. And, and I think he'll be nice opposite Keith Taylor at different times when, when, they, when they throw the two of them out there. So um, not a lot of... Uh, fall off when you when you look at who's going to step in in that in that secondary on the on the you know for the backup the quote unquote backups even though they're going to play quite a bit. Scott, one of the guys that was the most highly touted guys coming out of the recruiting class that just came in, Trent McDuffie, where we were able to see the first five practices where we saw you know glimpses of what he could do, but it sure sounds like they're going to play him. Yeah, well, he was listed in the two deeps, and same with Asa Turner, you know, and I'm sure we'll talk about him in a second, but. You know, I was a little surprised to see him in the two deeps. I thought there would be some other guys that were a little more experienced, and I thought they'd do their best to keep his redshirt on, but it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. It sounds like he's going to play quite a bit. I wouldn't be, you know, Chris, we've talked about who we could see um, as a punt returner and, and things like that. I think we we both think that Kyler Gordon at different times will, will be back there and could be a real threat. I think Trent McDuffie could be another guy that's like that too because he's so talented with the ball in his hands. That being said, he's really strong. He's smart. He plays the ball well when it's in the air. He's going to see plenty of time. I'm still not sold that he's going to completely burn his red shirt, but when you're in the two deeps, you're probably going to do that. Yeah. Can we talk I, about Go ahead, Chris. Well, I was just going to I was just going to say since he mentioned it, um there's no doubt. I mean, Trent McDuffie is a phenomenal player. Um, and then you also mentioned Asa Turner. Um, the thing that really jumped out to me, you know, got to, got to see him in January at the Polynesian Bowl, stood out as a ball hawk, had a pick in the game, just, you know, 6'3", 190 pounds, super rangy. What was really interesting watching some of the games on Thursday night, guys, was that, you know, you look at Joe Bushman, the tight end from BYU, how he kind of created an instant mismatch down the field. I'm looking at Asa Turner. I'm looking at Dominique Campton as guys that are 6'2 and above. They're going to be able to match up against a, a kind of a pro-style tight end now, like a you know their version of a Hunter Bryant, for instance, and be able to take those guys down the slot and really defend them and take them out of the game. That That's what the versatility and the ranginess of these guys that Jimmy Lake is getting and, and Will Harris, that's where all that athleticism and that size and those long levers really come into play. We're going to see Kyler Manu and uh, Brandon Wellington at linebacker, but a couple of the young guys are going to get mixed, thrown in that mix. And one of the first guys I expect off the bench to, uh, that linebacker position is Jackson Sermon, Scott. Yeah, I I think he will be the first middle linebacker off the off the uh, off the bench. And you know I you know Washington likes to keep their linebacker groups together. So when Kyler Manu and Brandon Wellington are out, I think you'll see both Jackson Sermon and MJ Tafisi in there. A lot of people think that Kyler Manu is just going to be in there for a couple games and as the starter, and then he'll move to, to more of a backup role. I'm not sold on that yet. I think he's played pretty well. He's not the most athletic guy in the world, but he works really hard. He knows what he's supposed to be doing. And, and I just, am really impressed with the way Kyler Manu has kind of done his thing. Scott's having pizza delivered. Yeah, apparently. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little too early for lunch, isn't it, boys? Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, the other guy that um, I'm excited to see at linebacker is a guy that, uh, you know, when we talk to anybody on the defensive side of the ball, whether it's Bob Gregory, uh, Pete Kwiatkowski, or Jimmy Lake, they all talk about MJ Tafisi. Yeah, I love I love MJ Tafisi. Uh, I love the pairing of Jackson Sermon and MJ Tafisi together. 
I, I've asked Bob Gregory about this in the past, and he he he's adamant that he doesn't try to create you know actual linebacker pairings inside because you'd feel like it's a natural thing, right? You'd want those guys to play as much as a group together over time, but it just feels like this pairing of of Sermon and Tafisi feels like a natural fit, where Sermon is the bigger guy, almost two hundred and forty pounds plugging up the middle and then Tafisi is is he's no slouch himself he's 230 235 you know he's a guy that can come in and clean up and and he was a massive tackler when he played over a, a, in Utah in high school was a guy that racked up all sorts of numbers so I love that pairing I definitely love that pairing for sure Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We can anticipate seeing both of the big defensive tackles in uh, Tule Tule Galsanoa as well as Sam Taimani. I expect both of them to see meaningful minutes. I think everybody needs to give a round of applause for Kim for actually doing that name. The right. Tule Galsanoa? Yeah. You're getting you better and better all the time. Before. Yeah, you're getting a lot better. I'm in, I'm in preseason, postseason form. <laughs> I'm in midseason form. I'm good. Okay. Yeah, I, I think they both will play quite a bit. Uh, you know, I the the that Washington likes to rotate all their guys through is is I don't think a surprise to anyone. Um, most teams are doing that with their defensive tackles nowadays, especially with the up tempo offenses. They're trying to get guys rests and everything like that. So I think you know uh, Bronson and and Josiah Bronson and Levi Anzarike are definitely going to be your starters. But you know Benning Potoaya is going to get quite a bit of run, um, and I think that. Both of those other two guys, Tuli Letulugasanoa and Sam Taimani, are going to get a lot of reps. And it wouldn't surprise me if we see someone like uh, um, Fa'atui Tuatelli or uh, Jacob Bandis getting some reps as well. Although I think Tuatelli seems to be a little bit further ahead than Bandis does at this point. Anybody I was, else actually, I was actually kind of curious, though, you guys. What's your take on Bronson being ahead of Benning Potoi in the, in, the, uh, in the depth? Do you think that's for show or... Do you think that's legitimate? I mean, it, it seems a bit odd that, uh, you know, a couple of your starter and, and a guy that's been in the front seven forever in Benning is, is, uh, has all of a sudden lost out to, uh, to a player who's just, you know, going to really see the most of his action his senior year after transferring from Temple. I don't think anything of it. I don't think he's actually lost a job because I think he's probably at the end of the game. He'll have more reps than uh, Josiah Bronson. A lot of it has to do with the package that they're going to run in schemes. And, and, you know, I keep on saying this. Max Richmond started a game because that's the package they were running. Benning Patoye is going to get a lot of reps, so I don't read that much into it well, myself I, personally. I, I, I understand the offensive situation where you might run extra tight ends or an extra receiver based on the defense you're seeing, but defensively, they're, they're not changing that much up front. That's what kind of caught me off guard a little well, bit. They're rotating those interior guys. I mean, they're rotating those guys in quite a bit. Okay. I guess so. for me, I guess for me, my biggest thing is that Josiah Bronson is going to play more. I don't think he'll play a three-tech. I think he'll play more of a nose or a shade guy. And Benning is going to be that three-tech, uh, five-tech in Washington's scheme. And if that's the case, then I just don't see he and Bronson really – 
I, I think Levi is more of your three technique with, from the starters, and 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 Bronson will be more of your your nose tackle guy. And and if that's the case, then I think Benning, even though he's listed on the depth chart as behind Josiah Bronson, I think that Benning is going to be subbing in more for Josiah. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Levi Anzarike instead. That sounds like a project for our intern. He can track who has more plays, Josiah Bronson or Benning Patoye. Sounds great to me. Yeah. Well, it might, <laughs> so also, it might also be the case, too, where they, they do have Cameron Williams listed, you know, the true freshman listed ahead of Brandon McKinney, but would any of us be surprised if Brandon McKinney started the game? No. No, no, not at all. No, a lot of it, like I said, a lot of it has to do the packages, you know, where they're, they, their base pretty much is, you know, the nickel package, or do they start the game with the dime package and throw an extra defensive back out there? And if they do throw that extra defensive back out there, is it Brandon McKinney? Is it Dominique Campton? Um, you know, who is that extra, you know, back that they throw out there? And that means they're taking a linebacker off the field, which means it could, you know, there's it, it, it just so many variations, you know, depending on the package they're going to run. And that's why I don't think it's that big of a deal when I saw it on the depth chart. Well, what, what I think it's going to be interesting, though, is that, you know, Eric Berrier, the, the, the quarterback for Eastern, does have a lot of resemblance to, like, a Vernon Adams. And Chris Peterson did mention it on Monday, how when you look at Eastern, it's a true RPO. I mean, they literally, you know, you can run it, you can hand it off, you can pass it, you can do all those different things. Berrier is really explosive with the ball. I don't know if he's quite as, as, as game-changing as Vernon Adams was. But do you put a guy to spy on him? Do you put an that's extra good, DB? Yeah, I mean that's the question, and it, it would be. I think it would definitely be, you know, a safety or a defensive back, and maybe it would be a Brandon McKinney, or maybe Brandon McKinney's back there, and they make that guy Cam Williams. So um, it'll be interesting to see, and definitely, you know, that's what makes football so interesting because as much of a physical game in there, it's just as much a game of chess as anything else. Well, I would say too, my pick if if I was playing it, if I was going with that spy role. The guy that I would pick would be Miles Bryant. That's I just what think I, was say. I think his intelligence, I think his play close to the line of scrimmage, I think his ability to to just see these things. And again, we have to remember he is by far the most experienced guy in that defensive backfield. Yes, Keith Taylor and Elijah Molden have played a lot of football, but they don't have really a lot of starts under their belt. Miles Bryant is that guy who's been there for four years. And, and and he's in and I think to be honest with you, I think he's the guy that could that could maybe sneak up and do some things um, you know during the game. I bet if you ask Miles Bryant what's your favorite thing to do, he'd say hit the quarterback. Oh yeah. I, I, well, I, I bet he would. He, they they he, love he, to he be loved- cut loose. He loves hitting the quarterback. So um, the other guy that uh, I don't think is going to redshirt, and I think it may have escaped some, but Chris Peterson said Peyton Henry will handle the kicking duties, and Tim Horn will handle kickoffs. So Tim Horn, it'll and when we saw him kicking field goals, we didn't see as strong as leg as Peyton Henry. So it'll be interesting to see him on kickoffs. Well, kickoffs are a little bit different than a little bit different motion and stuff than than a uh, field goal is. So um, I, it it surprised me a little bit, but I also think they just want to get a lot more distance on their on their kickoffs. I mean, Peyton Henry, what did he have like thirty eight touchbacks or? 35 touchbacks, whatever it was last year, which isn't bad. But, you know, with these guys being able to signal fair catches and everything like that, I think they want to um, make sure that they're that they're getting the depth that they want um, and maybe keep these guys from fair catching it. 
lots of interesting lines for the game uh, against Eastern. Uh, the quarterback will bring flashbacks of Vernon Adams, but also I think it's going to be a little bit similar to what they'll see when they go down to Tucson, which has always been a tough place for Washington to play in Khalil Tate. So I think it's a real good warm up. So uh, lots of lots of uh, interesting things to look forward to. The unveiling of a lot of Adidas stuff. The unveiling of a lot more alcohol availability uh, inside the stadium. Um, any final thoughts, Chris, for the game? Uh, 12 o'clock again on Saturday. Yeah, just real quick, I think uh, one more thing on the on the kicking deal. Obviously, they can change that up if they want to preserve Tim Horn's red shirt. Um, I think Pey- Peyton Henry, is at least he established to me that he has a stronger leg than last year, so maybe the kickoffs would improve and they could keep his red shirt on. I don't know. Um, the other thing, too, on the game day experience, Kim, the Go Huskies chant will start going north-south again like it used to when the band was on the north side, so I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to work. And just in general, I, I'm kind of curious to see how fans react to the, to the new era of quarterbacking. You know what, you know, they've had four years of, of one guy and now all of a sudden the next guy's going to show up and, you know, are they going to be able to support him if he, if he struggles right out of the gate? I think that's going to be really interesting to watch. Scott Eklund, final thoughts? Uh, I, I really think that uh, we've covered a lot of the, the stuff here. I'm, I'm nervous about how Washington handles a more mobile quarterback. Washington has never seemed to do very well against mobile quarterbacks, and Eric Berrier is, is talented. He can throw the ball a little bit. I don't think he's quite on the level of Vernon Adams, but he's still a very good quarterback. Uh, was I think he was named uh, the preseason All-American for FCS, so – the guy has no slouch, and he's got some nice targets to throw to, and it's going to be a real interesting opener for the University of Washington. Lots of stuff to be excited about with football season. Just a couple of notes. Uh, Saturday, NFL teams need to cut down to 53. Ben Burkirvin's already said that he's going to be at the Husky game. It'll be interesting, too, because uh, he's on the bubble a little bit with the Seahawks, but I expect to see Ben Burkirvin on the sidelines uh, with the Seahawks being off. I'm sure Will Disley will be there as well. It's always good to see the former players jumping back. We'll have to keep an eye on some of the guys, Miles uh, Gaskin, Jordan Miller, and a lot of those guys, and hopefully they they make those 53-man rosters. Also, something really, really cool. We haven't talked about this yet, Chris, but one of the things that's really cool about what we do is we always want to have a student intern um, with us. We have three this year, but we've lost one of the best. We've lost Luke Munger. We've uh, kicked him out of the boat. He's still going to be helping us out a little bit, but he's got a new gig for game day. Tell people what Luke Munger is going to be doing on game day. Are we allowed to tell people? Sure. Why not? Okay. He is going to be uh, Tony Castricone's spotter for game days. Pretty cool deal. Pretty cool deal. So he'll be available for us for game day because uh, we took messing with the intern to a new level with Luke. And now we have three of them to mess with. And um, let me see if I can get them right. We got uh, Jack McCauley, who will be in with us. We have George Johnson. And uh, George will join us after the Hawaii game. And then we also have one out of state yet doing some help with us. I'm trying to remember his name. So I apologize for blanking on that. It's Sammy Rindler. Sammy Riddler will be down uh, going to school uh, out of state, but he will be helping us out as well. A couple of maintenance items. First of all, if you're looking for those daily updates as well as breaking news alerts, 
just shoot us a note, huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter. We will get you hooked up. Tell your friends about that. Also, we're just running our promo by um, one month. We'll give you two additional for free. We've had an outstanding response to that. We are going to go ahead and extend that to Sunday night at midnight. For all of our loyal subscribers at dogman.com, tell your friends, get involved. We work really hard to give you guys the best information possible. Don't give them your password anymore. Change your password. Tell them to get their own account. Tell them to sign up for Dogman. This is the last promotion we're going to run this year. Uh, best chance uh, for those who don't subscribe to subscribe. And our loyal subscribers, tell your friends to subscribe. So uh, for all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Grinnells along with Chris Fetters, Scott Eklund. Go dogs.